tired. So tired. Overtired. You're listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. He's Brett Terpstra. Brett, how are you? I am I am good. For those uh for those tuning in for the first time, we have a wild ride in store for you. Uh for our regular listeners, this is just going to be, you know, another week. But we're winging it. We're winging it. We're winging it. No, I mean, you have a lot of list of, of stuff for us to talk about. We're not totally winging it. Like we've got stuff that we need to talk about. Um the Emmys uh nominations just came out is and that still happening? It is still happening. Um, they're going to be in person again, I'm, I'm guessing. And But the Emmy nominations came out yesterday, which actually fits in quite nicely because you have a bunch of TV shows on yeah. your list. But first, uh, let's get a Brett's Mental Health Corner update. This depression has really stuck around. Like, it's, it's, this is, it's been over a week now, which is unusual for me in my more recent history. Like, it used to, like, two weeks was just expected. But lately, with like almost zero manic days and then just light depressions, going on for more than a week is kind of a it's kind of a unusual bummer. Yeah, that sucks. I'm really sorry to hear that. So, and and it's it's been over a week though, hasn't it? Because when we talked last week, it seemed like it had been a week. So yeah, it, how long? It is no, I don't think it had been a whole week last week. I think okay. Let let me do some math in my head. I think. I started feeling shitty around, yeah, right around the 6th or 7th. So, okay. So, I think last time we talked, I was just starting to feel depressed. And now I'm, now I'm like a seasoned professional. I've been doing this for over a week and I, it's weird. Like, I'm not, I'm not down. Like, I, I don't hate myself. The world doesn't look dark. I'm actually pretty excited about a lot of things. And like I, I wake up every morning with like ideas and and like I'll make forward motion on work projects in my sleep because I'll be like super productive in my dreams. <laughs> and then the day will start and all of my motivation just gets sucked out. And I just I just stare at the screen and I mean, I'm getting shit done. Like I, it's it's a typical ADHD thing where if there's a deadline and there's a little right. bit of pressure, I'm gold. Yes. Like I'll I'll get there, no problem. Yep. Uh, as far as like anything else, especially creative pursuits, I'm just kind of I'm listless. You're like burnt. You're yeah. listless. Yeah. No, I I feel that. Um, and that's so true about the ADHD thing. And it's hard for me sometimes to describe that to people who aren't ADHD because I'm like, no, I need a deadline, even if it's arbitrary, right. because that's the only way I can get this done. Like I had a, a meeting with some people a couple of weeks ago and they were in the past. I'd, I'd had a, a project that I worked on them with and, and, um, and I totally understand why they were frustrated because, um, we wouldn't start on time. And the reason we wouldn't start on time is because I knew I could push and they were okay with pushing and like, they right. didn't ever <laughs> tell me like, we need to do this. And then I went and I started working on a similar project with another team. And I was like, hey, look, I had my stuff together. Like, I, I hit that deadline. They're like, well, why was that different? I was like, because there was a very clear deadline. And I know that this is a you problem and not a me problem. But you have to, like, hold me accountable. Because if I know that I can push, mm -hmm. I will. Like, even if I'm ready, it's just one of those things. It's like, I, I don't have the motivation to ensure that it's there if I know that I can wiggle. And I know that that's like a selfish and a totally shitty and like well, awful thing. But it's just, but, it's reality. Like people, right. people ask me, like I work with someone who's ADHD, how do I get them to do their job? 
And I'm like, just set deadline. You can tell them I'm setting this deadline just to help you. It it, it can be arbitrary. It can totally you can be like, totally transparent. You don't have to fake emergencies or anything. You just have to say, I need this by this time. Can you get it done? And and it will get done. Right. Right. Yeah. That's what I need. I'm one of it's one of those things where I'm just like, yeah, no, I need this to I need to have this this thing, you know, um, because if it's just up in the air, it's never going to be the priority. Yes. I feel like anyone, anyone entering a management position should get like just a brief how to work with ADHD employees because it's, it's not, it's not terribly difficult. You just have to understand that things are a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally one of those things. So, okay. So you're a little depressed, um, but you're getting, at least you're able to get your some of your work stuff done, like even if not the creative pursuits, because I know that that was something you were worried about when you took the new job uh, in the back of your mind. You were worried about like, okay, well, what happens when I get depressed or what happens if I'm manic? Like, how am I going to be able to function? So I'm really heartened to hear that at least like you're getting stuff done. Maybe you're not as productive as you would want to be, but you're able to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, our big, um, so our first uh, big event since I started is the, Red Bull machine learning lab. It's like a hackathon almost for uh, working with 50 years of F1 racing data. Uh, yeah, Red Bull racing team. I should, I, I know I've said it before, but, um, and, and so I'm still in charge of writing the, <laughs> writing the lab. And as of this moment, I still have not been able to run it. Um, I I just they just refactored. Have you ever worked with Terraform? I sure have. I like Terraform. They just refactored all of the Terraform scripts that I spent hours wrestling with, <sighs> and they're supposed to work now. So I gave it a test run, and it didn't work. So right after this recording, I will be back on the phone with the Terraform experts trying to figure out what what is what is up. No, that's always the challenge. Like, I like Terraform a lot. And for our listeners, if they're not familiar, Terraform is uh, a language, basically. It's kind of like Ansible, but it's it's more language-centric, whereas Ansible is more like, for, I guess, ops people, Terraform is more for, like, developers. But the idea is that rather than having to learn whatever syntax you would need for your specific APIs or cloud service or whatever, you just use Terraform's syntax, and you are able to write you know, like scripts and and other things to automate how to do a bunch of different tasks. And so the advantage of it is that it can work with a bunch of different things. So you learn the Terraform language rather than learning like the domain specific language that your your cloud solution or or product or whatever might use. That is a way better explanation than I could give at this point. To me, <laughs> to me, Terraform is a very powerful thing that never works. Yeah, no, the problem with it is that the way that it works, like if it works well, is that you have like these kind of like APIs written to reflect one another. So if you're using Azure um, or uh, insert Oracle in this case, like you would have like Oracle's normal API thing. And and what is, does Oracle have a domain specific language? Like with Azure, we have PowerShell, but we also have some other stuff. We have ARM templates is one of the things that we really use. Um, you can use that with PowerShell, but ARM templates are like our, our JSON thing. Does Oracle have like a native solution I, for writing stuff? I don't know the answer to that question. Okay. Well, in, in the case of Azure, then um, 
there are ways that you can work with the Azure API using ARM templates. And, and now there's an, a new thing called Bicep, which is actually pretty great. I love <laughs> that. Right? Is that good? Um, and, and that actually uses a, a slightly different uh, domain, specific language. It's, it's like an enhanced version, and it's kind of like the future of ARM templates. Like ARM templates will still exist, but 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 Bicep is um, a little bit, uh, has, has some um, better features, is a little more extensible. Um, uh, ultimately, it's all going to be like, program down to ARM templates, but it, it makes it easier than having to know some of the nuances of, of ARM templates. But how Terraform works is that like the APIs have kind of like a one-to-one kind of ratio. So it's like, okay, this is how you would do something in ARM templates. This is how you do it in Terraform. And ideally, the APIs need to have like, need to reflect one another so that what I'm writing in Terraform is going to actually do the thing that it would need to do in, in an ARM template. Sometimes that does not work. And like we have teams of people who work very closely with Terraform, like who their whole job is to make sure that the the ARM shit like it works with the Terraform language. But sometimes it doesn't because there are just enough different nuances that when that translation happens, which the user, to be clear, should never have to think about. They should just be thinking, I'm writing the script and that this is gonna, you know, execute the way I need it to. But for whatever reason, it, you know, the the API translation doesn't work. And and you you wind up in pain. Can I tell you how I got distracted just now? Yes. So the arm bicep thing mm-hmm. that was funny, and my brain immediately thought, "What if you made a super strict version of the mustache like handlebars <sighs> templating language and called it Hitler?" Oh my god! Like well, I, a, I wrote the, I wrote this whole template in Hitler. I mean, that's one way to guarantee cancel. It's hilarious, but that's one way to guarantee cancellation. I would say, I would, I would say that rather than calling it Hitler, the appropriate name would be Chaplin. I suppose, but that would be like a comedic take. I agree. I agree. It can would we, be funny. Can we, can we, can we like split the difference and call it Stalin? Like that's a big mustache right there. That's true, and actually, that would fit better than the yeah, because both Stalin and Hitler don't have handlebars. Right. That's the thing is like handlebars was a variation on on mustache, but you could make a different, like a slimmer, stricter templating language. Oh, yeah. No, now I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. No, that's funny. That works. But yeah. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I'm laughing. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I also think that that would be just like asking for people to be outraged for no reason. I am not going to ask our listeners to write in about this because I know full well it's a bad idea. I, I just yeah. need to be told. Yeah, don't don't write in about it. We know it's bad. Um, also, as much as we encourage iTunes reviews or Apple podcast reviews, please don't mention Hitler in, in our podcast reviews. If I can like make one request. I was totally into this podcast till they started talking about Hitler. I was going to say, because something tells me that that like, won't, do well for us i mean maybe it will i don't know i'm not going to tell you what to do it's your life whatever uh, okay so how are you mentally um i'm okay i've still i've been kind of depressed honestly for like the last year but i'm i'm doing like i'm functional it's just kind of like a always there thing it's like not debilitating it's just kind of like <sighs> thing yeah yeah i get it i get that what's the languishing that that was the that was the fun word that came out of the pandemic. Yeah, languishing, which I think is 
very accurate. Definitely feels like that. I am, I am excited. Uh, I guess in like 10 days I'm going to, um, and we'll need to figure out like our, we'll figure out a recording time. It's fine, but I'm going to no. And actually I'm leaving on a Friday and I'll be back on like a Monday. So we fine, but I'm going to, um, Colorado to see the band Guster at a uh, Red Rocks amphitheater. Look, I know you're laughing. I love Guster. I no, don't care. I, 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 I am not criticizing your, your musical tastes at all. I am amused that you're young enough to actually want to go to concerts at all. Like, I feel like I might show up for like K Flay or like Black right. Rebel Motorcycle Club, but it would take a lot for me to actually want to go to a concert. Anyway, no, I, I, no, I, you can continue I your story. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. I don't know if it's a youth thing. Actually, the guy, uh, my, my friend that I'm going with, uh, he's your age. So actually, I think he's older than you. So um, 60? No, he's like 45. Oh, that is my age. Yeah. So um, he's a, uh, we're, we're going together. We're both excited, but I love live music. I know that it's not for everybody, but for me, like that was the last thing that I did before the world ended. I was at a dashboard confessional concert, right. which is hysterical. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going, I've never been to Red Rock before and I bet I've seen like, wait, Red Rock, New Mexico. No, Red Rock Amphitheater in um, in Colorado. Oh, it's okay. like just outside of Denver. So, but it's like this huge like venue. Apparently, it's amazing. I've heard so many recordings from from Red Rocks, and um, but I've never been there. Um, so I'm going to Guster um, in like ten days, and then um, in September I'm actually going back. I'm going there again, but that time I'm going for Death Cab for Cutie. Now, that I'm like I'm so pumped about. Like I'm so hype about seeing Death Cab at at Red Rocks. Like that's gonna be amazing. So, okay, man, I just, I just, I can't fathom wanting to go to a live show. I don't know. I mean, and it's, it well, it, it always varies like what the things are like, this is an outdoor venue. So I haven't ever been here, but I'm guessing that it's similar to the Hollywood bowl, um, which is I think smaller than, than Red Rocks, but it's kind of a similar thing where you have like this really big outdoor amphitheater and, and you have like some, uh, you know, assigned seating areas. And sometimes like it's kind of general stuff. I mean, there might be some grassy areas, but it's not like everybody's standing, um, which is nice, right? Like, cause I've definitely been to live shows and, and like, um, I mean, it's been a while, but I've been to like, uh, like festivals where, you know, you're basically standing in the crowd and, and that, um, the older I get, the less, like, I'm totally down to stand inside a venue. Like I'm totally fine with that to stand inside a club. I'm less inclined to like, like if I were to do Coachella again, I would definitely need to like clamp. I would definitely need to like try to do like the, the rich person Coachella, even though I'm not a rich person, I would need to like dig into my funds and try to do like the, the pseudo rich person Coachella, because I don't think that I could do like the, the, the masses Coachella that I did when I was in college. Cause I used to do Bonnaroo when I used to go Coachella and college and that, I don't think I could do that again. I just realized why I no longer like going to live shows. I was, I was thinking I used to love live music. Why, what was different then? It's cause I stopped drinking and doing drugs. Like getting That'll through a it. live show. I'm like, crowds i hate crowds but i can do it if i have if i'm a little buzz like crowds can be fun i can actually enjoy other people if you get enough booze in me but without it man that's torture for me no that's that's um that actually makes complete sense because if i were in a situation where i could not drink 
ever at like a live show. Not that I have to have it, but it is one of those nice things, right? Like that would not be, and I, that would definitely make it much less fun. Also, there are a lot of people who are in many cases inebriated around you. Um, yes, yeah, which makes it even less fun to be sober, for sure. 100%. Well, I, it's funny because I used to have the inverse. I used to have a rule. Well, it's kind of the same, but I used to have a rule. Um, again, this is when I was in college where I was like, there was a certain point when I was like, I'm, I refuse to go to all ages shows because I like the, the teens, like the underage people and I'm total hypocrite. Cause I was only a couple of years removed from that myself. But I was like, I, I cannot be around this many undrunk, like excitable people. Like I, I, I need the booze and sometimes they wouldn't even sell it. Like sometimes they would, but sometimes they wouldn't. And sometimes they'd be like, you can't take this, you know, like yeah. on like, the floor and i'm like whoa i can't deal with this many you know like screaming yelling like excited people if i don't have alcohol in my system i uh i grew up uh well i should say i went to high school in uh in a small town in minnesota where i once once again live but uh about half hour drive down the river there's this city called the cross wisconsin and they have this venue called the warehouse and the warehouse has always been an all ages no no alcohol no drugs venue like they sell water and energy drinks and that's it but i gotta say like some of my best concert experiences happened like totally sober in a group of all i mean not everyone showed up sober but you couldn't get drunk there and like man those kids had fun it, they still have fun. That place has been around for like 30 years now. And it is like, it's where kids go when they like have, it keeps kids off the street. Let's put it that way. I love that. Place. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, um, I didn't grow up in a small town and we didn't have those kind of local things. Like we had to go to the city. We had to go to Atlanta to go to the clubs and the music venues and stuff like in, in uh, the suburb where I was like, sometimes you would have, bigger bands come to like some of like, I guess the music venues or whatever, but you didn't have smaller places where people could go. So like you always for the clubs and stuff, we always had to go into the city always, but that wasn't far away, you know? Um, but it's nice that there are places like that, you know, for the youth to have fun. I think that's important. And like first Avenue in Minneapolis has a seventh street entry. That was always all ages shows. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know how much attraction it would have for me now, but I know that having places like that to go when it was not legal for me to drink yet was pretty, that was awesome. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't, I, I'm not, y- y- your statement about not wanting to be at all ages clubs just reminded me how much I personally loved all ages clubs. I'm not no, like, I think th- I'm not no, upset no, 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 with no. your statement at all. No, well here, but there's a difference. Like I think that, and again, like when you're that age, when you're underage, I think having an all ages thing is really important. I think when you're like 21 or 22, it's less important. Yeah. Agreed. That, that's, that's my well, thing. And, like, I and like I was saying, I, I really apparently hate going to concerts sober, sober these days. So I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think we're kind of saying the same thing. But yeah, definitely at that age, like if we'd had the all ages experiences. I mean, there were some bands like, and I, when I stalked saves the day when I was like in 11th grade, um, some of the places were definitely all ages clubs. Although in most cases we were, or I was certainly using fake IDs. Um, and it was like 18 and up. So it was, you know, not quite all ages, but certainly not like as strict as like a 21 and up thing. Yeah. 
Um, and I did, I didn't pass for 21. Although sometimes you could talk your way through that, but I, I had a fake ID that, you know, said I was, I was 18. Um, so like that, that worked. Yeah. They used to, uh, they used to accept you could get into first Avenue with, uh, uh, license with the corner clipped off like they wouldn't they didn't care you would just tell them that like you hadn't renewed it yet and they would overlook it you you know like when you when you renew your license they clip the corner off your old license and it's not supposed to be valid anymore right so we never even had to get fake licenses we would just borrow or like get get somebody who you would just get somebody who looked enough like you yeah I mean, it depends on who's at the door that night. Well, that that's always what it is. It always depends on who's at the door because there were plenty of times when I didn't even, ha- I, there were, there were times when I would go places where I wouldn't even use my fake. Yeah. I would use my real one. Um, and, and at one point my fake was me putting white out on my real one <laughs> and that worked for years. <laughs> um, I was actually drunk in Daytona. Always a good time. Uh, I was sounds like the party. sounds like the name of a a bad uh, hangover sequel, maybe. Drunk. It, it kind Daytona. of does. Drunk in Daytona. So I'm 20 years old. I'm at a fraternity formal. So it's already just trash, you know, because uh, it's fraternity formal in Daytona. Like that was our destination. Like real classy. And um, after the formal, like we all decided to go out and and continue drinking. Um, like they weren't supposed to have alcohol like at the event in the ballroom. But of course we all pre-gamed in our hotels and had other stuff. And so, and, and I was 20, but my boyfriend was 21 and, um, one of his frat brothers wanted to get a tattoo and he agreed to pay for mine because he wanted someone to go with him. So we went and I got a tattoo. Um, and then my boyfriend got mad because that meant we couldn't have sex in the hot tub. And I was like, I wasn't going to have sex with you in the hot tub. Cause that's gross. And I don't know what, has been in this hotel hot tub have like, you ever had sex in a hot tub no it is it's horrible everything about yeah, it is it, horrible it, it feels like especially as a woman it feels like it would just be painful so no i it's haven't painful I have for everybody water. believe me yeah i have i mean i have in water and i don't like it so i this was always like one of those things that was like i'm not doing this but anyway we went and we got the the tattoo and we were already a little drunk so they shouldn't have tattooed us but mine turned out great um uh, the frat guys who paid for mine was crooked which was <laughs> typical for that guy and then we decided to go kind of bar to bar and so we were walking we went to one place and this is how drunk i am like i'm getting jello shots and i'm like missing my mouth and it's like the jello was like hitting like the bar and I'm having to like scoop it up and, and take them. She looks at my ID. She clearly sees that it's fake. She scratches off the whiteout still serves me, but then passed me the ID. Back. It took me like a day to realize that we're walking. I think at one point we went to like, we like took a Ferris wheel. We were like at some sort, I don't even know. All I know is we got pulled over by the cops for drunk walking. They, they're the cops because we're, we're white and it's Daytona. They're like, just get a cab. So they called us a cab and we took a cab to take us to more bars to continue to get more drunk. So we were too intoxicated to walk, but completely fine for us to just continue our, our way along to, to different bars. Um, and, uh, then we wound up, uh, I don't even know I'm, I, it, that, I mean, I woke up in my bed, I think, Oh no, that was, that was, that was a different trip where our, our friends, passed out on a bench outside that that happened at a different location but in this case i think everybody made it to, to bed uh, correctly but yeah um 
that's that's my that's how my my fake ID that had worked for years the whiteout was removed because the girl in Daytona like saw it and clearly it, and she clearly saw that I was like shit faced but continued serving me so props to her honestly you have such great white girl stories I really do <laughs> I should like write a book about them basic bitch for life <laughs> the basic uh, bitch chronicles we have a we have a new iTunes review you want to hear it. I do. It's short and sweet. It's from Chris No. Chris Chris No? Chris Chris No. Uh it it's labeled one of my favorites, five stars. You're both wonderful and one of the highlights of my podcast feed. Quickly made it onto my must listen list. Aw. That's how we that's how we do it. That's how we do it. And thanks. Thanks, Chris No. Thank you, Chris No. I appreciate that. Um, and we've got a sponsor this week, too. We do. And I'm super excited. I have been saying for years that these people, these people should sponsor <laughs> me um, because I have been a, a huge proponent to the extent that I use my affiliate link when I talk about them. And I do not actually have to pay for this service for another two years. I have so many wow signups from people that like... Loved it and paid for it, and then I got credit for it. And yeah, no, like I <laughs> that sounded weird. I should say I would 100% be paying for this if I had to. But <laughs> so t- uh, this week's sponsor is Sanebox, which is uh, the the crux of my entire system for handling email. Um, Inbox Zero is a thing of the past. We're all so inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's about responding only to the important things, the messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox comes in. Think of it as an EMT for your email. As messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, sifting only the important emails into your inbox and directing all other distracting stuff into your Sane Later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. And you can add other features like uh, there's one that takes your email messages, scans them for large attachments, moves any attachments over a certain size to Dropbox and replaces it with a link in the email. So you're not filling your inbox with a bunch of huge attachments. It saves me over the years gigabytes of space on my Gmail account. And it works with both Gmail and iCloud. And it also has nifty features like Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders you never want to hear from. And uh, in the future, anything they send you just disappears. Not even into your trash. It's just gone. Uh, and then there's Sane Reminders. Uh, you, can, you can have it ping you if, uh, if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. And best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. You can even make custom SaneBoxes. Uh, I have one called Sane Annoying Shit I Still Need to See. And if I get an email in my inbox, but I just I, it, I just can't deal with it right now, but I don't want the unread message in my inbox, I just move it into that folder. And three hours later, it'll put it back in my inbox as an unread message. So it's like, it's a way to just snooze a message for a given period of time. Uh, and, and the nice thing about that, like I can do that with, uh, with my spark email on my phone and, uh, and you can do that with the spark client on Mac as well as others. But 
This gives you one way to snooze messages that works across all your devices, all of your email accounts, and uh, makes it really easy to work into something like MailMate, which is what I prefer using for my email. So see how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. And if you visit SaneBox.com slash Overtired, you get $25 credit in addition to your two free weeks. So nice. just visit SaneBox.com slash Overtired. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash Overtired to get your free trial started and get a $25 credit. No coupon code to enter. Just follow that link and you're golden. That's awesome. Um, I, I've been reading, like you've been telling me about this for years. I think I'm actually going to sign up because it's yeah I, I i've always been turned off by the inbox zero thing mostly just because i can't commit to that but that this sounds really really good so i have this whole i have this whole system where i use i don't actually use any real email folders i use smart folders and basically if a message has been read and is older than three days it just disappears from from my mailbox and like, meanwhile, it's all still in my actual inbox or in my saying later folders, but I don't see anything. So if I don't act on a message within three days, I'll lose it, which makes me either respond to turn it into uh, a, like an OmniFocus task or just delete it. You know, like I have to deal with it then or, or I lose it, which has basically my inbox never has more than maybe five unread messages in it. See, that's great because I end up missing stuff because mine just becomes overwhelming and and then I just end up like not going there. So I'm okay. I'm 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 gonna um, do the free trial and try this out. You're gonna love it. Everybody loves it. It's awesome. So I was I was telling you a while ago that I was getting back into cyberpunk. Yeah. And I went through like all of the early William Gibson novels and everything and then got around to Snow Crash. And I don't remember if you've ever read Snow Crash. I have. It is like I had forgotten how funny Stevenson is. I had forgotten like the all of the tongue. And I mean, you. Sh I remembered that the main character's name is hero protagonist, which should have been a clue that this was all tongue in cheek. Right. But, oh, my God, this book is so good. I'm so in love with And I'm remembering, like, I remember all the parts of it. And I had forgotten. I had forgotten how much I remembered about this book. But it is just a delight to go back through it now. Yeah, I think that, like, that's, it's considered, like, one of, like, the quintessential, like, like, snow crap, like, uh, cyberpunk yeah, like, books, right? Like, it's basically, like, like, the quintessential one. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, Grant, when we first started dating, um, he would read, like, parts of it to me, and and then I ended up reading it. And, no, it's it's a great book. I should go back and revisit it. Um, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing Fall or Dodge in Hell, like, that's the full title, Fall or Dodge in Hell. Um, that's up next. And I have read that one before, but I honestly can't remember at all what it's about. Uh, but I'm definitely going to go on a Neil Stevenson kick for a while here. Yeah. And there's a, there, wasn't there like, isn't there a TV show or is there going to be a TV show or movie or something? I, I do remember seeing something about snow crash, um, at some point in the last few years. But I don't remember what it was or if anything ever actually came of it. It would make such a good, uh, it would make a great miniseries. Yeah, I agree. 
um, it, it really would. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like if it if it's happened or not, because, yeah, apparently HBO Max did option something, but I'm not sure if it's come out or not. Speaking of optioning things, have you ever read Lizzie's story by Stephen King? I don't think that I have. It is, in my opinion, I, like I was turned on to it by someone whose literary prowess I respect. And like, I wasn't a big Stephen King fan. Like I read a couple of books. They were scary. Uh, he's a clever writer, whatever. Um, but then I read Lissy's story. And honestly, I think it's his best like literary achievement. That story is crazy good. And Apple TV Plus turned it into a mini series and Aww. and it is a true testament to both Stephen King's writing and the production team for this show that it looks almost exactly like what I saw in my head when I read it. I love that. Okay, so so that's exciting. Okay, so I'm I'm going to read it and then watch it. Um and and if you say that you think it's like the best Stephen King thing, even if you ha- haven't historically been a fan, like he's a great writer. Like I think he even is. if people don't like his stuff, like he's a great writer. Like his book on writing, I think yes. is the best book about writing yes. that I've ever read. Um, and, and he's just a, a fantastic writer. So if you say that this is um, like his best work, then I'm definitely going to get this. I could not put it down. It was, it's such a good book. Um, I'm going to get it. Is there an audible version? Yeah. Perfect. At, at least I'm pretty sure there is. I actually read the paperback, so I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure. I'm sure that there is. I mean, Stephen King, but uh, I'll figure it out. Um, even, even if there's not, like I, because I, I do sometimes like to switch between both reading and listening if I can. Yes. Um, like that's my favorite way of getting through. Yeah. So um, we also have kind of, kind of speaking of Apple TV, that's a good segue. Uh, Ted Lasso is on the list. Um, are you watching that again? It's, it's no, the new season starts like three days after my birthday, which is Monday. So like next Friday, I think the new season of Ted Lasso comes and I am terribly excited about it. I'm, I am so excited about it. And actually yesterday, uh, as we were recording this on a, on a Wednesday and on Tuesday, the Emmy nominations came out and it was nominated for, um, a bunch of Emmys. Um, it better be. It's such yeah, a good as show. I said, like it was, it was nominated for a bunch of Emmys, and I think that it's in contender. Like I think he's probably definitely going to win uh, best actor in a comedy series, um, and and I think that it it is a strong uh, contender to win best comedy series. I think that that it is, uh, like because it won the Golden Globe, and and when this came out last year, I was like, this should be the like, um the contender and like it is it is my pick um still um it, it's weird though because some of the stuff that was nominated like the flight attendant was nominated as best comedy which yeah uh, so that it, that killed me the description of the flight attendant when i first started watching it said uh, a like a thrilling comedy and the whole time through it i was trying to figure out what exactly was comedic about this show it was a great show i loved it but it was not a comedy, and I do not understand how it got classified as such. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they submitted it themselves, and I guess because they maybe thought that they'd have a better chance <laughs> in the comedy versus kind of the drama category. But it really, like, it just it doesn't, doesn't fit for me. Um, Emily in Paris was also nominated as comedy, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, like, that show I, sucked. 
I mean, I watched it. I didn't like it, but I watched it. Was it. Des- it, was it was designed for people to watch while playing on their phones. Like it was 100%. a background TV show. 100%. And I love Darren Star. Like Darren Star created Sex in the City, which I still think holds up. Like a lot of people don't. I still think it holds up. Is is all of it perfect? No, no show from twenty years ago is perfect. So fuck off. But I still think it holds up, and I'm I'm excited about the um like kind of continuation that's going to be happening in a few months, um, even without uh, Kim Cattrall. Um, which you know it's disappointing, but it is what it is. But Emily in Paris, yeah, it's a total background TV show. Um, but uh, yeah, Ted Lasso apparently it won. It broke some sort of record. More shows were nominated for for Emmys. Nominated for more Emmys, but I guess it, it broke some sort of record because like uh, WandaVision was nominated for 23, as was some other show. And then um, I think The Mandalorian was nominated for like 24 or something, but it was nominated for uh, 20 Emmy, um, Emmy nominations, um, including nods for uh, Best Comedy Series, Best Actor in a Comedy um, Series for Sudeikis, Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series for Hannah Waddingham and Juno Temple. So two in that category, Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy for Brett Goldstein, Brendan Hunt, Nick Muhammad, and Jeremy Swift. Shit. So they basically like ran out that whole category, <laughs> um, which is amazing. Um, and uh, that's that's pretty great. Um, so I'm excited about that. There's also a really good profile in GQ this month. It came out yesterday. They timed it to the Emmy nominations about Jason Sudeikis and the the headline is Jason Sudeikis is having one hell of a year. And, um, it kind of talks about how like the last year has been hard on him. You know, his, his relationship of, of a number of years, um, ended and, um, you know, he, he, but he's also had all the success with this show and, uh, it's a, it's a really good profile. And one of the things that he kind of says in it is that he wants to be an Avenger. Let me find the exact quote. Um, says, if you have the if you have the opportunity to hit a rock bottom, ho- however you define that, you can become 412 bones, or you can land like an Avenger. I personally have chosen to land like an Avenger. Did you see the Black Widow movie? I haven't seen it yet, um, but I, I'm going to. Um, but I, but I basically know all the spoilers about it. What do you think? Uh, it was, I believe, said it best. It was it was too little too late for Black Widow and the movie basically served to introduce a new female character. Yeah. Um and I won't I won't do spoilers because it's it's a brand new movie and I don't expect everyone to have seen it yet. But um it like it was great. It was funny. It was it was fun action. Uh Scarlett Johansson did an excellent job, but her character's already dead, you know, like in the, yeah. in the time. No, exactly. In canon. No, it's, it's terrible. Like, where are you going to go with it? You, you, yeah. <laughs> we already know how this one ends. Which is so shitty. I don't know. I, I, um, allow me to go on like a, a very brief rant on this please, for a second. Please. Okay. So I'm not saying that black widow hasn't had problems and has been problematic and whatnot. I don't care. And, and that people like, and don't like Char- Scarlett Johansson. I don't care. It's so shitty to me that you have someone who's literally been there from the beginning of the whole MCU. Like she joined in Iron Man 2. So I think she, other than Robert Downey Jr., has been in the most films and has been in the most kind of things. You wait 10 years, more than 10 years. You wait like 12 years um, to give her her own fucking film, which is ridiculous. 
but you only do it after you've killed off the character when the character didn't even need to die in Indian, right. which is what's so frustrating, right? Like, like fucking let Hawkeye die. Like no one right. gives a shit about Jeremy, Brenner, right? Like fucking let Hawkeye die. But like you kill off the one in the OG and for many years, the only like female, like badass in this entire genre you know, everybody else gets their movies. Like, you fucking bring, like, find a way to bring Spider-Man into the MCU right. before you give Black Widow one. And it's disgusting to me. And then when you finally do it, I get the pandemic, like, that couldn't have been helped. But they had all these multiple delays even before the pandemic and, like, pushing it, you know, for other things and whatnot. Um, you then do this thing, and it, it seems to have gone well. But, like, they did what I thought was kind of disrespectful to do this, like, dual release on both, you know, theaters and on Disney+. Plus Because... Although the box office has been good, like to me, that was hedging their bets in a way that I was like, okay, you're really not encouraging people to go to the theaters. Like you're really just kind of treating this like any other Disney Plus release. And like, this is Black Widow. This is an actress who, whatever people think of her, she's a very good actress. She's Oscar nominated. She's given up 12, 13 years of her career to this fucking franchise. You use her face in your goddamn logo. You've treated the character like shit. And then the whole way that they didn't even bother to do like as hardcore of a marketing push, in my opinion, for Black Widow as they did for the fucking Loki TV show. Like, it's just disrespectful. It's just like, what the? I agree. I really do. Um, there were like, some. Scar shows deserves better. There were some great lines in the movie, though, uh, where her sister, who is another widow, um, yeah, Florence Pugh. She, uh, she, she, she makes endless fun of, of Black Widow's love of, superhero poses all the hair flipping and the the superhero landings and everything it's that's it's pretty funny but that's yeah good. And, it was definitely yeah. too little too late for what should have been a far more prominent character yeah i mean and again like to me it would bother me less if they hadn't like literally banked on and used her image and her her likeness and her star power and everything else and her for ass. years to drive and her ass yes to, to drive the marketing in the series. Like it's, it's gross to me. It's like, you know, you're going to give all these other, like, like Ant-Man has a movie first. Like right. really? Exactly. Like <laughs> Ant-Man has two movies. It's like, what are you even doing? It's like a black widow can't like, it's just, it's ridiculous that, that, you know, I mean, nothing against Brie, um, um, what's her face, but, um, you know, like Captain Marvel should not have happened before black widow. Agreed. And, and black widow shouldn't have died. Fucking kill Hawkeye. He doesn't care. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's disrespectful to me. And it, it, it's one of those very clear sexism things um, that they wouldn't have treated a male star with that level of star power when they joined the franchise the way that they treated her. Speaking of sexism, are you watching physical? I'm not, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, w- uh, tell me about it. Well, so if you've ever wanted to be inside the head of a bulimic uh jazzercise instructor in the 80s it is this is your show oh yeah no uh, yeah this this is the rose baron one right yes and she is amazing yeah. in it like yeah and this the, has been on half, my list half the dialogue is voiceover like you hear her inner dialogue as all of these things are happening so she's thinking one thing one thing and saying another and it's this constant interplay between a highly self-critical self-loathing like she's gorgeous. I mean, Rose Byrne is she's she's beautiful, but mm-hmm. the the character has this constant inner dialogue about what a fat, ugly bitch she is, 
her words, not mine. And, and just like constantly, uh, uh, just the self-loathing. And meanwhile, you know, putting on this, this happy, shiny face and becoming a dance instructor. And no, it's, it's, it's great. It's a real trip. Um, I, yeah. And it just ended so I can, I can now stream. Um, I can, yeah, the I whole think thing. the last episode came, I think the last one comes out this Friday. Okay. Okay. Well, then I, well, I'll be able to get close enough to binge yeah. the whole thing. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love her. We've talked about her and how much we love her before. She's yes. the best. She is. She's, she's like highly underrated. She's such a good comic actress. She usually plays the straight man, but she's so good. Like, Oh, the neighbors movies. Yes. I loved her so much in those. I know. I'm me too. She was so good in those. And in spy, like mm-hmm. she was so good in spy. Um, uh, 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 bridesmaids as well. But yeah, the neighbors movies, I was always, I was like so impressed. I was like, yeah, like you're, you're cool. Like she, she has a lot of range as yeah. an actress, um, in a way that a lot of other actresses who, you know, have like kind of her look and like physicality or whatever, like don't, um, she's funny. I, I really, she but is. she's also, she, she's really good. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching this. I do recommend um, it. Um, uh, what's the one about the, uh, about the video games? Um, Oh, mythic quest. Yeah. I like mythic quest. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I just, I just did the what season two, I guess. Yes. I had missed that there was a whole new season. So I went through that pretty quick. I'm all caught up now. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I love, um, always sunny and, uh, and I love those guys. So, and it's, it's neat to see them do something that's, I mean, obviously it's always sunny is like the, at this point, I think has the longest running, um, live action sitcom. I did not realize until like season 50 of sunny that it was written by Charlie day. And yeah. That cracked me up because his character, like if <laughs> I couldn't imagine who would present Charlie's script to and, and 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 or who would be presented with that script and then and then gladly sign on but the fact that he wrote it for himself kills me yeah no totally and the fact that like his real life wife is the waitress oh um, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no uh yeah no glenn howerton charlie day and and rob um McElhenney, uh created the show and um and then um uh, and, and they're obviously uh, Dennis, uh, Mac, and Charlie. Right. And then, um, and then um, Mac married um, um, uh, Sweet D, Caitlin, like fairly early into the show. Like they met when they cast her, and then they, you know, got married. Um, and and then like the waitress is you know part of like basically it's kind of like a family thing, which I think is pretty awesome actually. Yeah. Like, and, and it's and it's, it's such a, a family show. business. It is a family business. It's such a drained show. Like you know, like. Um, Danny DeVito was supposed to just be kind of a bit thing. And then he like had so much fun. He was like, yeah, this is what I'll do with my life. Yep. Great. I'm Let's in. just do it. All in. Which, which I love. Like apparently the first season, cause he came in the second season, apparently the first season, like they shot all his scenes separately um, or, you know, at, at one time because, you know, he's Danny DeVito and didn't know if he was going to really want to do the show thing or whatever. So, you know, they would have like certain days where they would just get all of his stuff at once and maybe do them out of order. Um, and then he had such a good time. He was just like, no, I'm, I'm in, like, I want to be fully into this. And like, and you see the progression of the Frank character go from being like more of the businessman and more kind of like straight man stuff at first to just slowly 
by the end of the second season, you see it a little bit, but really starting the third season and beyond, like just embracing the depravity the same as, as the rest of them. It's, it's so good. So last show I'll bring up before we try to talk about something other than TV. Maybe. Do we maybe. even want to? Who cares? Um, but uh, have you seen Atypical? I have not. Uh, I told you a while ago about a show called Love on the Spectrum. Yes. And it was about like uh, ASD people uh, dating. It was a dating show. And uh, Atypical is a comedy completely unrelated, except for they're both about autism. Um, But it's a comedy, a dramedy? No, it's not a dramedy. It's a comedy Um, about a, a young man going off to college uh and he is dealing with you know being an asd person and it is delightful like this show if it's not up for awards it should be i highly recommend it okay i'll check this out because usually this isn't the sort of thing that would normally kind of ping my radar but you're saying it's good which is um good and jennifer jason lee is in it and i really like her so is she the mom yeah. Uh, the characters in this show are uh, deep and well-written, and they will all grow on you in one way or another. It is excellent writing. Nice. Okay. Let's check that out. So we also have this thing on here as we're kind of running out of time that uh, you have touch bar news. Yes. So oh, man. Are, you, are, are you trying to use your touch bar again? So here's the thing is I don't have one anymore. Um like I, I, I handed down my MacBook Pro to L, and right. I got myself an M1 Mac Mini, and that's right. I suddenly don't have a Touch Bar, but there were a couple of things that I had actually hacked into the Touch Bar on my MacBook Pro that I did find really useful. Like when I CD into a project directory, uh, it pops up. It so I have this thing called How's It where I can ask like in any project I can keep notes on how to do different things within the project. And then I can type like, how's it build? How's it deploy? And it'll remind me how all of this stuff works and how's it can also be a task runner. So you can almost, you can create like a make file for any project and then use how's it to run the tasks. And I had it set up so that when I CD'd into a project directory that had a how's it notes file it would create buttons on my touch bar for all of the tasks that it was able to run. And that was super useful. I used that, I like legit used it to the extent where even if my laptop was docked over to the side, I would like reach over to hit the buttons, even though they weren't right in front of me. So anyway, I was missing stuff like that. So I started playing around with uh, touch bar simulators and that turned into this whole I, I'm working on a blog post on this, but I ended up writing a bunch of scripts that I eventually consolidated into one big script that you can send subcommands to. And my touch bar now has like integration with my command line time tracker, CPU, uh, load readouts with different averages, full weather reports for the week ahead. Uh, all of my bunches get like st- you can see which bunches are open and which bunches are closed at any given time. Uh, full control of my music. This is all with better touch tool. But anyway, it's 
it got intense and it's hilarious to me that I did all this after I no longer had a touch bar. <laughs> right. I was going to say. So, so And and Apple is Apple is officially canceling the touch bar. Like the touch bar won't even exist in a couple years. So this is this is um I guess a last hurrah. Yeah, I guess so. Um I'm, although I mean I would think maybe obviously it, it it's different, but it's possible you could turn some of this stuff into things for like your stream deck. Stream deck and a lot of what I've done does easily translate to menu bar. Right. Um speaking of your stream deck, did did Elgato ever ever get back to you and like fix that for you? They gave me an RMA. I sent in my Stream Deck Mini. I have not heard a peep since. So How now, long ago was that? Uh, a couple weeks now. Wow. Yeah, they're slow. I did get my new Synology. And that's like all up and running. Didn't lose a beat. Everything's awesome. Synology rocks. I'm super happy. Elgato, on the other hand, like I had to demand. I eventually was like, they were like, well, hey, try installing this version of the software. And I was like, You're like, I'm it doesn't done. turn on. I'm done. You're like, it's dead. You need to send me a new unit. Like, yes. this is ridiculous. Yeah. That was exactly how it went. And they immediately said, okay, here's an RMA. You pay for shipping and and we'll take care of it. And then they just, they haven't. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that sucks. I think I bought mine at Best Buy. So if mine breaks, I think at least within the year. I'll be able to take it back to Best Buy. Yeah. Mine was within a year. <laughs> They're so annoying. Oh, my totally. God. Oh, no, I agree. No, I'm just saying like, because I hate when companies do that whole, you have to pay for shipping thing when it's within a year. But many of them do. The way around that, depending on where you bought it, like Amazon's a little weird. Like if it's within 30 days, yeah. But if it's within a year, they usually will still make you go to the manufacturer. Yeah. But if you bought it like at a physical store um, or or even online, but a place that has physical locations, in most cases, you can bring your receipt and go back to that physical location and they'll deal with it. So that's the reason why I do recommend if you know the company has the policy where they make you pay for return shipping um, to buy things from like Best Buy um, because they're just easier to deal with. Uh, but that's getting harder and harder because it's not that many like places that exist for consumer electronics um that have physical locations um but it's it's frustrating yeah because um that that that's annoying um amd this was the worst so i bought a i bought two processors from them and one of them i accidentally bought the wrong one like their their web store the way that it looked like i i bought the wrong thing that was on me but i'm and i instantly realized i bought the wrong thing and they don't give you a way to cancel the order. Like there's no way in their system that you can cancel the order even 15 seconds after it's done. Like there's no way. And so they told me, they're like, oh, well you can deny the shipment. And I'm like, no, I can't because people don't, because of COVID people aren't even signing for delivery anymore. Um, they were like, or once you get it, you can mail it back. So I get it. Then I emailed them. I'm like, okay, I got the wrong thing. I need an RMA thing from you. You know, I would need to return took photos to show that it was sealed, nothing had changed, et cetera. And then they they went back and forth with me. They initially wanted me to pay to mail it back. And I was like, no, you're going to send me a FedEx label. Um, I'm not, I'm not paying to, to ship this back to you when I didn't want to make the purchase to begin with. Like this is, this is dumb. And they did relent and give me, you know, like the label, but it was just like the most frustrating thing. And then I had to wait like a couple of days every time I'd email them to like get, you know, the thing back. And I was like, why, why is your e-commerce system so terrible 
that you cannot cancel an order within 15 seconds of it being placed. Like what the hell? Yeah, that's modern e-commerce should be better than that. It really should. And it's, and I'm like, you're AMD, right? Like you're not some small like place. Like you, and you've outsourced it to someone, but maybe outsources to someone better. I don't know. Anyway, that's my rant on that. <laughs> my coworker the other day, we're, we're, we're working with a uh, consulting firm for some design work and, or some web development work. And, and she asked, why are we, why are we farming this out? We're Oracle. And hmm. I, our consensus was that you were farming it out because we are Oracle. And sometimes yeah. in a big corporation, you want to get things done. You got to go outside the corporation. Yes. No. And, and like, I understand like AMD, like vendoring it out. I totally get that. It was just like, use a better company, right? Like <laughs> you have, you have your options, Yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah, uh, you're exactly right though. Cause it is one of those questions. Like, why are we outsourcing this? And it's like, because we know that this will be more efficient and totally. cost less money. Yeah. We came to the same conclusion, Aaron and I. Okay. Well, um, this has been fun. I hope, uh, I, I hope that this was good for you. I think that actually we got through like a pretty jam-packed and, and good episode. It was a wild ride, as predicted. As predicted. I, I hope I hope everyone's happy. Yeah, I hope so. Again, yeah. like leave us those five-star reviews on on Apple Podcasts. Or two stars, as long as they're or funny. Or two stars, just, whatever. Just as funny. long as it's funny. Again, like that's the most important thing. Like make it funny. Make it funny. I, I, I we, They will get read on the air. Yes, you can funny or better. I, like you could make me say this is your opportunity to get me to say exactly the words you want to hear me say. Just put <laughs> it in an iTunes review and I will read it verbatim on the air. I love it. I'm going to get myself in trouble. Anyway, I hope you have a great week uh, for anyone keeping track. Next week, we will have another episode with two Christinas. I mean, Christina Yay! and Ashley. We're so excited. Have a, a I have a another co-host lined up for uh, any future absences I have that I think you will really enjoy, but I, I'll keep it a secret for right now. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I'm excited to learn who the future one will be. And you, you've got um, some surgery coming up, right? Yep, I go under the knife on Friday, and I expect a three to seven day recovery period. It's gonna suck. I'm very sorry, but I'll be thinking good thoughts for you. And actually, I'm glad that you got like, you're, and you're taking time off work, right? Like you're not going to yeah. have to work during, okay, which is awesome. So like, you know, treat yourself and, and, and take the time that you need. <laughs> hey, thanks. All right. Well, Christina, get some sleep. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low.